this week in cyberspace. Well, a few weeks ago, Twitter's cute little bluebird of happiness suddenly became X. What did it mean? Was this a new X-rated porn site? Was it a kiss from its owner, Elon Musk? Or a cross against him? Or, or was it an X that marked the spot where he thought his future lay after the company he bought for $44 billion last October was revealed to be worth only $15 billion? The shock removal of the iconic logo, originally bought for just $15, came at around the same time that the company filed a lawsuit against the Centre for Countering Digital Hate, CCDH. Musk called the organisation, quote, evil, and its founder and CEO, Imran Ahmed, a rat for reporting on a surge in hate speech on the platform. So how will this all pan out? Well... Luckily, we have Brett Solomon in to the studio right now to help us work it all out. Brett, uh, is the CCDH just a mosquito that Musk has to swat, or will he be infected by truth serum? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that it is more likely to be a mosquito than uh, he would see it as truth serum, because I think essentially what happened was that um, Elon Musk came in as this truth, sort of speech, free speech uh, absolutist and was really keen to let like all, you know, conversations flow in any way that they might. He forgot that there'd been like 15 years worth of hard work done by the trust and safety teams on Twitter in the lead up to his purchase that realized that you can't just allow speech to flow on Twitter because it ends up being hate speech, it ends up being incitement to violence, it ends up being gender-based, you know, um, aggression against women and trans folks, etc. So just horrible. Well, this is exactly what's happened, isn't it? Because um, the CCDH has called out Musk and Twitter slash X for, uh, you know, for, for having the number of tweets containing slurs rise 202%. Yeah, exactly. And tweets linking, as you said, LGBTIQ people to child grooming have more than doubled, climate denial content, just Twitter's failure to act on, on hate posted on Twitter Blue subscribers. Mm. So, so Twitter Blue is like that verified tick, isn't it? It's the verified tick, um, and it was meant to be that Twitter had verified you and that that account was yours and the things that you were saying were actually, you know, your own speech. Um, He turned that into a a money-making exercise. Um, So now we can't really trust the blue tick because it just means that you paid your subscription and you could be anyone, you could do anything. Um, but I do think this 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 report that's recently just come out from the centre makes it really clear to Musk and to the leadership there that rather than suing them for showing you the facts of what's happening on the platform, you need to listen to the people who you should have been listening to when you purchased the platform for $44 billion that told you that you need a proper content moderation framework to govern Twitter. Um, and and that hasn't been the case. So at the beginning of this month, three U.S. legislators wrote, wrote a letter to Musk about X's, in, in inverted commas, hostile stance towards the kind of independent research that yeah. CCDH does. 
Um, will that have any impact, do you reckon? Well, I think the thing is that, you know, this independent research, the, the, the fact is that Twitter just has, like many, most of the platforms, has an extraordinary amount of data. So they can tell you things that you wouldn't even, you know, with the algorithm and artificial intelligence, which we've discussed a lot in this week in cyberspace, you know, they can tell you things, predict, identify trends, etc. So that data is really, really important and it's essential for researchers to be able to have access to that data as well because it's, in a way it's in the, in the public interest. And so Twitter had traditionally enabled researchers to have access to this data. Now, because um, Musk is so much more proprietary, he wants to control everything, and this X, you know, transition from Twitter to X is part of that. Um, you know, we're in a, as members of the public, we're in a, really at a position of loss because we're unable to access the data in the way that we might have been able to, unable to develop the policies or be able to critique the system. And when we do critique it, as we've seen with this le most recent case, he sues you. Mm. Charming. Charming. <laughs> uh, the mosquito. Yeah, the <laughs> mosquito. mosquito bites back. But he's been um, obsessed with this idea of X since 1999, hasn't he? When he bought X.com, X which he yeah. thought was going to be like the coolest, uh, you know, URL well, on the planet. He thought it was going to be the centre for all financial transactions. You know, he had this original idea that in a way that we've seen with the Chinese um, WeChat, you know, this just concept that you can actually kind of synthesize all of the transactions, all of your engagement with others, with banks, with financial system, etc., and also with social as well, into one consolidated place. That's originally what X.com was, more on the financial side, but that was originally what it was for. And that was then bought by the parent company of PayPal. Yeah. And, and they pushed him out. And they out. pushed him out and kept the <laughs> X.com, which he recently just bought back as well. <laughs> so now his, his kind of grand plan, as you say, is to have this big financial platform. So turning Twitter to X means transitioning it to a kind of a stock exchange. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you look at WeChat in, in the Chinese context, it is really interesting because it's kind of like Twitter plus Amazon plus Facebook plus Insta, like it's everything there. And so, you know, it does have a precedent they can see but it obviously that happens in a you know an authoritarian state so what's you know what's x going to look like as this consolidated space for all of these different ways in which we engage engage with the digital platform you know i mean if someone told you 20 years ago that there'd be you know privatized flights to the moon <laughs> you know <laughs> run by corporate america you'd be like uh, isn't that nasa's job so I, a point i'm making is that he does have these grand visions and unfortunately sometimes they come true and this x consolidated x would could be a really big problem i think he has to do a lot of stuff to become a financial institution yeah. basically doesn't he um, i think he told tucker carlson that it's Who? <laughs> Tucker Carlson, <laughs> that, quote, it's arduous being regulated. I mean, what sort of regulation does X operate under at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this has always been the big battle on the internet. It's like to regulate or not to regulate. Who can control the space? Who governs the space? And there are lots of different institutions, including lawmakers in the U.S., uh, but also, you know, the Internet Governance Forum and other national jurisdictions, there are technical bodies, etc. I think what's happening here is that if it is going to be this financial entity, then it is going to be subject to banking laws and financial institution laws within the US. And the US is also, I mean, a lot of those um, legislators 
and the FTC and the FCC, you know, they're very concerned about monopoly, you know, and about the ways in which power is consolidated in the market. And um, so what you're seeing here for this letter and the concerns that are being raised is like if everything is consolidated into this sort of single point of failure, what does it mean for the consumer? And that's the way that the US largely thinks about these things. Single point of failure just sounds so <laughs> scary because Twitter has been known to just drop out for, for days on end, hasn't it? I mean, that's the thing. If you do put all of these services into one app, what happens if it goes down? Or what happens if the owner decides that they're no longer going to make, you know, all of your photos available or they've decided that there's not enough, you know, space in the data center to keep your your DMs from like two, 2015 and, and before that. Like, you know, it just has incredible power. So I think when I say single point of failure, it does really raise concerns, I think, for all of us as we, you know, we seem to move, like Threads happened, you know, which was the, the platform that was announced by, by Zuckerberg on Instagram as a counter to Twitter just recently. A hundred million people went there within a couple of weeks. So we do kind of move very quickly. We trust these platforms wrongly to look after our data, our financial information, our, you know, our credentials, our eye movements and all the things that we've talked about um, in this week in cyberspace. So it is it is it is potentially dastardly um now last time when we got off the radio um, off the radio and off our um our podcast we talked about the fact that we always end up in this doom <laughs> scrolling i know we're trying to see the positives i tell you we're yeah, really trying we're to find them we're, here <laughs> we're struggling i mean i think uh, what the way i like to see the digital inf uh, ecosystem is a, is a diversity you know, it's not all in English. It's not all owned by Silicon Valley. It's not all owned by one person within Silicon Valley. There's actually a diversity in the ecosystem. And I think that's when the digital sphere works the best. Apparently, Meta and Microsoft have intellectual property rights to the letter X as well. And I would, I'd imagine <laughs> Sesame Street would have some kind of claim on the, the letter, letter for too, today right? Is. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but we've seen this before with Facebook turning into Meta, mm. uh, you know, the rebranding of something. Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, said, quote, In the months to come, we will add comprehensive communications and the ability to conduct your entire financial world. The Twitter name does not make sense in that context so mm. we must bid adieu to the bird but you know anyone in marketing would say that would be a nightmare to, mm. to ditch something that has so much kind of Resonance. social capital yeah and actually i looked at the um at my twitter account today just to see like what the platform looked like now because we know that like x.com like automatically redirects you to twitter um but you know, what vestiges of the blue um, little Tweety, you know, are on the... And they're still, like, if you go to tweet, even, like, are we going to go and X? We're not going to tweet. We're going to X. We're going to X, right? And, you know, I mean, it <laughs> is, sounds Is it going to be sorted. like an X platform, yeah, X platform <laughs> that we're not going to even use? Perhaps, you know, and I think <laughs> when you talk about marketing and branding, it's clearly the case that when you've got an established brand like that, to go and, like, just cause havoc, pull the sign off, and have people get arrested. <laughs> Apparently the police turned up, up to Twitter's HQ to so, say, what are you, you doing? Do you don't have a permit to take down that bird. Take it down <laughs> and replace it with an X. I mean, if you're going to do that, at least make the X kind of somewhat appealing or attractive. People could have a look at it. It's, it's on the side. There's little old vestiges of blue wings and whatever still on the side as well. So I think we're in the middle of a, like what you would call a marketing disaster. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> as the stocks <Hulk> plummet. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, he has all these other ex-branded things like X Space, and mm. uh, you know his his space ventures, um, going to the International Space Station. But really, what he does want is, um, and he said it. He said over time, total control. It, yeah, <laughs> he said over time it would become X would become half of the global financial system. Mm. He said that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the least amount of fraud, seamless in real time, the most efficient database for the thing that is money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean just, what is this thing called money? It Does is, it? It is frightening. It's and like it, fake news in the hands also, of uh, Elon Musk, the richest man in the world. Yeah, how did he get there? Um, for a start, but it sort of does feel when we, you know, we see some of those like dastardly cartoons where you've got like, you know, the richest man in the world and they are largely men sitting around with like the most powerful political leaders, heads of state, and they're sitting in this round around this round table, kind of deciding like, you know, how they're <laughs> going to screw the rest of us. And it does feel that way. It feels like you've got these, you know, very powerful leaders who are making decisions about how we engage. The digital world is so important to us. You know, it, the town square was Twitter. Now it's been corporatized in a way that's kind of making it unrecognizable in a place where we need, we're looking for other alternatives. And so there's a lot of responsibility, I think, and one which I don't believe that Elon Musk truly understands. Well, let's hope those legislators get uh, get some action and we'll watch this court case um, very closely because X still allows neo-Nazis and white supremacists and disinformation super spreaders on its platform. Uh, it's going to be an interesting case with the Centre for Countering Digital Hate. Watch this space again on This Week in Cyberspace. Brett Solomon, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Mel.